Good afternoon, fellow Gooners, to another episode of Totally Arsenal. Uh, I'm Mornay, and my co-host, as usual, Aiden. Good afternoon, everybody. Hope you're all doing well. So, we, we, we come off the back of a defeat against Man City. Today, we take on Chelsea. It's going to be a real tough game, but I actually feel that if we look at the positives and negatives of the previous game, we can come out on top today. Yes, uh, I think uh, like we I see the mistakes where we made in the first half. We seem very nervous with regards to this new reign of Emery, and I just think we were overcautious, and that kind of choked us up in that first half. And like second half, you could see the character was slowly coming back in the squad. The well, that positivity of Guendouzi always driving us forward, and I think also when the subs were made, you could see there was also like an extra kick and Arsenal could kick into another gear because I felt one of that negatives or kind of sore points that stuck out for me was, you know, the lack of, of awareness from people like Xhaka. Uh, Ozil's, uh, you know, he's running and that in the game just got worse and worse as the game wore on. Uh, people like Ramsey weren't as effective as I thought, like the way I thought they would be. And I mean, I also felt sorry for Maitland-Niles because, I mean, he was totally left vulnerable uh, through Mkhitaryan, leaving that gap always open, allowing them to overlap. Only when Maitland-Niles sadly came off and Liechtenstein came on, that's when you had to see, that's when, when uh, you know, Man City had to think twice about that overlapping runs. Yes, I saw Carl Walker was having free reign. It was actually quite scary. The first 20 minutes of the game, when Kyle Walker was just bombing like that, it's like they used Riyad Mahrez as a decoy, just hold the ball, come inside and playing it on the overlap. I also feel that Arsenal seemed to be a bit, okay, so it's still that old Wenger way, still kind of was stuck in some of the players, that side-to-side passes, as you said, very cautious. They weren't going at City as we thought they would maybe start coming out of the traps on fire, especially having a full preseason over the Man City players who actually didn't have as much of a preseason as we did. So I was a bit disappointed how we didn't press them on that as well. I mean, one one thing that concerned me also was, you know, this like a knee-jerk reaction from the defeat amongst certain quarters of the Arsenal fan base. You know, you would have thought, you know, it was the end of the world, the way things were going on. I mean, it, it's, this, this whole thing is going to take a process. It was not it wouldn't. It was never going to be simple after you know twenty-two years of Wenger. So I just think we should you know take our time. You know it's gonna. It could be a rocky patch still, but I think we must get behind the manager, get behind the, the team as well. Because look, he's starting to mold the team into a, a, a Una Emery type squad. So I think we should just let you know let it go with the flow kind of thing. Because for me also though the, the amount of ex-players I saw come out after one game. I mean, I was really shocked to hear people like, you know, club legends like Tony Adams talking out about that. And yet, you know, look, he failed as a manager badly in Spain. So, I mean, he should know for himself how things were going, as a, especially taking over a club as big as Arsenal. Look, uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. And I think Arsenal, or I wouldn't say the fans, I think the more the pundits and the ex-Arsenal players should actually look at it as a 
building process. I mean, remember that the opportunity that was given to Wenger when he said, oh no, Arsenal's the rebuilding phase when we sold the likes of Vieira, Gilberto, all those players just went out and we said, let's have patience. So I feel that today also, I mean, last week Sunday wasn't a proper benchmark to look at the Arsenal squad. I mean, they got blown away against, I mean, Chelsea got blown away a few weeks ago against Man City and then they kind of demolished Huddersfield. So Man City just seems to be one of those teams that will take any team apart. So, And it was a very tough first game for Emery. So I don't think any criticism is really justified at all. I mean, at the end of the season, I think we look at it and we give him another full season to make things right. Because I just think, uh, you know, with regards to the squad, the way the things are run at the moment, we should, like, you know, let it... It's not like we're in the rough waters right now and we will have to, you know, ride this thing out. Because, I mean, the potential is there. I mean, you can see we've got, like, this yes, a sort of balanced squad again into, you know, mixing the young and the old as well as the experienced heads that have come in. Because, I mean, I feel positive, even though... You, I, I just think Arsenal fans should sometimes also take, like, when you, when a match is finished, you know, switch off the TV. Don't still, you know, listen, because for me, that, that pundits are the ones sometimes also, or the, those online articles or things like that, they put that seed of doubt in your head, almost like, oh, it's all coming, crashing down on us. Also, like, I saw the other day with, uh, there was an article I read, something with, with um, you know, we're, like, forced to sell and for, this is, we're forced to do this. The same way that that article got to get Arsenal fans in a frenzy with the, the 50 million uh, spending budget. Because, I mean, the, the thing, uh, Arsenal have, has money. I mean, it's not like, you know, we are scraping the, the pennies and things together. Arsenal is a rich club. So, I mean, we should, you know, let, let those that are doing their job do their job and not listen to every time what this pundit says or what that journalist says. Because for me, it's just... Almost like click, everything is like clickbait, you know, trying to get you to, you know, go on these big, you know, those, those big websites or big online newspapers and things like that. It's like they just want you to, you know, get stir up things. Also, like Talk Sports, another channel, yeah, uh, radio station, yeah, where that like, you know, stirring up things with Arsenal fans. So, I mean, I like speaking for myself now, I, after the game now, I switch off and then also with, with I enjoy sometimes listening to pundits, but afterwards, you, it becomes like white noise, so you rather just block that out. And if you want to over like analyze things, do it a few days after. Maybe you disappointed or it was especially after after defeat. Then you can rather over analyze days later where you're feeling more clear in your head and that to that's the way to go. One thing for sure is that the team showed a bit more fighting spirit. I mean I think I don't like to compare the two, but the Wenger team probably would have folded very easily after that first goal. I think the team showed a bit of tenacity. They slowly came back. And I think when Lacazette came on the field, it kind of, Aubameyang was very quiet in the game. And up until Lacazette came on, Arsenal started making movement. And for me, the biggest disappointment was, for me, was Ozil. I thought he would have stepped up coming back from a World Cup, it was a bit of a disappointment. All the heat on him, I thought he would have stepped up. I mean, he's the, at the moment, the main guy at Arsenal, the number 10. He's everything. So, for him not to have 
pulled pulled his weight in such a big game was a bit disappointing. So for me, I think that needs to be worked on. I think even Mkhitaryan probably shouldn't be maybe starting in the same team week in, week out, especially these tough games when you need people to grind. So I think maybe Lacazette should maybe come in for this Chelsea game and then give them something more to actually think about. For me, who impressed me as well was the guy that you called Gwendozi. He was terrific. And where Xhaka should worry is that they decided to take him off instead of a 19-year-old who's playing his first game in the Premier League. That speaks volumes. And yeah. to Herrera for me as well, showed a bit of tenacity when he came on. So for me, if we can play the two of them in the midfield, start building a partnership with him, then maybe selling Rams, it wouldn't be a bad idea in January or something like that. And bringing in maybe a, a winger who likes to get chalk on his boots. I mean, uh, with regards to Guendouzi, Xhaka, that debate, for me, look, you don't see it much of, of Xhaka for Switzerland when he plays. I mean, uh, Gladbach, I've seen him in and out when he was there. But for me, now seeing his lack, uh, uh, you know, you give him the benefit of the doubt and you think, okay, you know, the next game or the next month or the next season would be better. But he's still showing that same, you know, he's kind of error prone with that caught in position or he tries, look, sometimes when it comes off, it's fantastic to watch these long range passes. But there's times when he tries these audacious passes and I mean, it, it fails or it either drops short or it's straight to an opponent. And then it's like, you know, he just shrugs his shoulders and he does not think, okay, I have to track back. I have to make up for my error. Then he'll just let it go. And I mean, that uh, I was just watching that, that first goal again uh, the other day of, of Man City when Sterling cut inside. Yes, Bellerin and Gondosi allowed him to come in. But then you look at, at what Xhaka is doing. Because look, Sterling is also coming from midfield and that passes are being sp- sprayed across. He allows that ball to, you know, just go past him and he just, you know, then he, he doesn't have that, that, that knack of, I've got to take responsibility for this. I've got to cut off the, you know, the supply line here or yeah. throw my body somewhere. He just lets it go. And that's also, like, you see that, that, that errors that he had under Wenger rearing its head again. Perhaps they'll maybe work on that in training because... It was there was an article where Wenger doesn't really correct his players' mistakes. I think it was Jaka's agent who said that, or the Ramsey's agent who said yeah, that. One of it. Yeah, So um, let's see. Maybe Emery works on him because the potential of Jaka is there. There is something there, but like you also mentioned, is is very much error prone. You'll play a, a pass that suddenly puts his team in danger, or he's not tracking back. It's Something that he needs to work on, maybe he needs to sit out because last season he was making mistake after mistake, and you would find he's probably the first name on the team yeah, sheet. So he needs to actually, there needs to be some fire on him, and maybe Atorera and Quintosi starting will suddenly make Zraka realize that I'm not irreplaceable and starts, he will start stepping up. And another guy you also mentioned was Ramsey. Yes, he came from a bit of a Nigo, but I expected more from him. I actually, I thought he would be the also him with Uzel, the one of the leaders to push us forward against Man City. But I don't know, maybe this contract situation is weighing on his head. Mm. But you know, with regards to Xhaka, again, I mean, I'm, I don't want to harp too long on this topic, also, but 
you know, when I look at him sometimes, and I, you know, in the back of my mind, and I'm wondering, shouldn't he be rather playing in a league, you know, where it's a bit slower? Where, I mean, like, when you watch him, he, he gets the ball, there's a guy coming behind him, then he'll take the ball and he'll stop and he'll think, okay, I can still have time to turn or I'll still have time to, you know, pick out something. Then when you look at it, I mean, you, you're talking about the Premier League, one of the fastest, toughest leagues in the world. And then you see them, you know, chomping on his heels there and then he's end up either being toppled over or he's just kicking the ball randomly like a blind pass and which gets intercepted. And then, you know, then I think to myself, you know, you could have made it way easier on yourself if you just, you know, took on the ball turn, move forward, just keep the game going forward, because people like him is also, like, 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 I guess that's why I get sometimes frustrated also with somebody like like El Nini. I mean, I like him as a footballer, but sometimes he just has this knack of, of slowing the game down, and you have seen, yes, it's fine to have people that can, you know, take the pace off of a, a certain game, or when it's a certain tempo, and you need to, you know, catch your breath, but when I look at any of these, like, if you look at any of the top five sides, they have these midfielders that, you know, just take the ball, turn, and go towards the opponent's goal. That's it. No, I'm going to stop. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to play a 20-yard back pass or a little safety, uh, you know, a safe five-yard pass to the side. You don't see that that often. Sometimes, yeah, they uh, – but uh, if you, you look at somebody like Kante, that guy's head is always up and forward, up and forward, and he's moving and keeping that, that flow going. United, you say that with Carrick. He might not be a fantastic footballer. I mean, like, you know, a baller type of thing. But he's also somebody head up, move. Jordan Henderson as well. Not the, that quick of a player, but the brain is always ticking going forward. So he's always taking the ball on, passing, getting it out to his feet and forward. If you look at the, mo- like the most successful teams now over the past few seasons in the Premier League, you need one of those type of players in your team to take you all the way to win the title. United, like you mentioned, had that with Carrick. Then you go to City when they had that Yaya Torre, when he was just pushing them forward that 2013-14 season. After that, Chelsea had that kind of Matic with Fabregas. So they had that forward-thinking mm. player. Then season after that, it was Leicester with Kante. And Kante has been role, um, doing that role. And then City again had it last season. So... It's it's kind of important to that Arsenal gets that player in their team. It's, I think that's one of the vital cogs to to make you actually win the Premier League. That player that pushes the team forward because we've been lacking that season after season. You see Arsenal pushing up, somebody stops, looks back, looks back and plays a back pass, and you can hear the the groan at the Emirates. Many times you hear that groans at the Emirates. Okay, now. You know, let's draw a line there by the City game. So now we look forward to the Chelsea game this afternoon. Any key points, key players that stand out or things you want to point out? For me, Liechtenstein has to has to start. He showed uh, the massive improvements to solidify the team on the left-hand side as a right-back. That showed massive class. He, I think he start, should start with Terreira Guendouzi. And like I said, can maybe come in for Mkhitaryan or Uzel, pushing Obama Young wide. I think we need to press, George, I think it was name Jorginho, maybe try to press that guy because he's the kind of a partnership with Kante who I watched Chelsea's game versus Huddersfield and he seemed to get there. Like the attack started because all of a sudden now Kante plays a bit more advanced role now because this Jorginho guy sits now and he's kind of like a quarterback role. Distributing the ball. So I think if 
we can close him down. We can kind of maybe suffocate him a bit to not spray the ball as much and limit Kante's forward movement because now he has a more forward, but a stronger base behind him for where he can push forward. So we need to be, I feel, tactically clever in this game. Push hard on Jorginho and I think Torero and Guendouzi needs to start this game. Anything on your side? Um, from what I heard, I think yesterday on Sky News, they said uh, Nacho should be back at left back. So uh, that's again a natural outlet on the left, you know, with a left footer now being able to whip crosses in and probably be a bit more commanding, you know, down the left, giving out orders, probably having somebody like Mkhitaryan or if it's going to be Obama Young playing outside left, you know, just keeping, you know, not only protecting, but also helping with attacks or doing overlap runs. Because for me, keeping that, uh, the, was it Aspilicueta and them, keeping them on the back foot would also be vital for us. Because you do not want people like him overlap, getting an overlap run. And because, I mean, his distribution is potent from the uh, from the right when he's whipping in crosses. Even that, that Alonso, Marcus Alonso is quite dangerous. He's also been mm. a pillar side for a few seasons now, the past two seasons. And an, what about Bellerin? Do you think Liechtenstein should start in before Bellerin? Or do you think Bellerin gets the nod over him? I would actually still stick to Bellerin for now. I mean, look, you, Liechtenstein will be probably on the bench. But for me right now, I, the more we're pushing forward and pressing forward, I think it's a safer bet like that than, go, you know, going. Because, uh, look, he always has normally cover and he's normally somebody that will talk if he needs help on that right side. And I, I, for me, the question that that's actually, you know, pinging in my head at the moment is like, who gets a number 10 role? Because if, if we're going with two holding mids, like for today's game, or, you know, one is going to be box to box, one is going to just sit. You know, I just wonder who do they give it to Ramsey? Do they give it to Ozil? But I mean, if you think Ramsey is a bit more combat, competitive to, in the midfield, that you know, in the, even in a number 10 role, he's going to put his foot in. He's going to, you know, the track to the halfway line, stuff like that. I just don't know. Because for me, it could be a game. If Ozil plays there, then, you know, you just want to worry again. Does this game get again past Ozil? Where, you know, the, the tempo is so fast. He's just jogging along and not offering anything. Really like, it's like playing with 10 men. The, 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 the issue, I think, comes down to is that somebody's going to have to get stuck in. One of Ramsey, Ozil, Mkhitaryan is going to have to get stuck in. Whoever, like you said, gets at number 10, because if not, then there's a problem we could get overrun again. I wonder even if maybe Emery decides to you know, go with kind of like three sentiments, where they lie a bit deeper, maybe Ramsey a bit more advancing, but we kind of make the middle of the park quite compact so that we can battle them man for man in the middle of the park. So mm. it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but there is pressure on Arsenal, I feel. We three points behind last season's top in the top six. We three points behind everybody. So it's either I think a point should be worst case scenario, but I think I know it's a long way, and I know the aim is to get into top four, but it's not going to be a good thing to be falling six points behind the chasing pack so early in the season. Because yeah. I mean, when I look at it. Just some of the key players now for for Chelsea. You know Hazard is going to probably be, you know, getting things sticking over for them in midfield and uh, in an uh, attack. Up front, I don't know. Do 
does Sari stick with Morata? Because, I mean, he's sometimes he's shooting and it looks a bit erratic when he plays. You know, he's always choking up his shots. He's not, you know, yeah. in that, that cool frame of mind when he's up front. So I wonder, do they stick Giroud up front for the game? Uh, it's going to be a Titanic old, battle. Our old friend Olivia Giroud. It's, I, I think we, we, we normally struggle against Olivia Giroud-type players. Now they're holding the ball up, but I don't know, maybe. Because look, Socrates is a no-nonsense player. He's not going to let people just, you know, back into him and things like that. He's somebody that will just go out and attack a ball every time. If it's done aerially or, you know, that low, hard passes to the striker's feet. He's somebody that will get his boot in. I, I saw that the, the weekend, actually. He, he never took any, like you said, no-nonsense. Took Aguero out a few times, so he lets the defender know that he is there. He's not that typical banger type defender who doesn't really get rough and tough for the striker. But I am thankful for that we're not having to play against Diego Costa. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, for me, another person that we need to keep an eye on is Pedro because he looks always like a slick customer, you know, when he's drifting through. Sometimes you see him out on the left, then you see him down the right, and you, afterwards you see him bursting down the middle. So, it's just another guy I need to keep an eye on today. I think we should maybe wrap up Kepa a bit. Of, of his, obviously, his second Premier League game. It's going to be a, quite a big game for him. First big game. So, let's hopefully let Arsenal show him what the Premier League's about. That it's not going to be as easy as it was playing for Bilbao. Because, I mean, normally with... with corners and that we're not that bad at the moment. You can't see an improvement the way we've been playing now. Because it's a whole new... Also now with the, with the um, defending of corners, I don't know if you picked up, we've now ditched the, the zonal marking and now we actually do now go man-to-man when we defend. So I'm actually happy with that. So I just hope that adds to solidity in the team as well as when we're going up front against them, really attacking the balls at this uh, new keeper of them. But we've been saying that for years that Arsenal need to go away from that zonal mark because it doesn't work. It, it kind of epitomized the end of Wenger's tenure at the club where nobody wanted to take responsibility with anything. So with a zonal corner, zonal marking, it was perfect because you can't blame anybody when there's a goal. People will just look at each other and be like, was it your man? Was it my man? But yeah. now there's more accountability now. Because if, for example, Giroud gets off and we know that's a Socrates guy, everybody will look at Socrates and be like, it was his fault, he should have been marking Giroud. Because that reminded me somewhat of that, that friend that we had against Chelsea in Dublin where um, Rudiger scored. Because we ended up putting uh, Emil Smith-Rowe on that guy. And of course, he just you know spun, uh, spun off the, the youngster and he got a free header. But I mean, you could actually see, look, you, you know, the minute the ball went in, all the old defense and that looked at that kid and like, you know, you lost your man. But uh, maybe the, the wrong guy to put on Rudy. Yeah, of course, of course. Time. Any predictions? What's your predictions for today's game? Okay, I was wrong last week with my 2-1. So I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it safe. I'll take a point today. You know, just to, just to get a point on the board. Of course, we want Arsenal to win as Gooners, but I think just to play it safe, let's just get a point. Let's just get a point on the board and take it from there. Because I think we got was it Cardiff next after that, or was it West Ham next? West Ham, West Ham. 
So, yeah, let's just see if we get on the board, some points on the board, and goals as well. I, I, I'm, I'm feeling, a, I'm going to go with it again, a, a two-all draw. A, a two-all draw. Um, I think there's going to be goals in this game. It's just a matter mm. of who scores it first. If Chelsea scores it first, I think they could possibly shut the game down. But that being said, the Saudi guy is not somebody who believes in, you know, this defensive shutting the game down. He's played one of the most attractive football according to Guardiola and Pochettino. So maybe this Arsenal and Chelsea game won't be as, you know, stalemate as it normally is. Yeah. And with that, it's a wrap for another week. I hope you Gunas enjoyed today's game and I hope we get a positive result. Bye-bye. Bye. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.